2021. Only 34 days till Christmas. Who needed to know that? (laughs) I still have two birthdays in my family to go before Christmas, so I I tend to not think about it till then. But, uh, yeah, what a year. I mean, I think... uh, it's safe to say it's, it's been a year. It's safe to say it's been a pretty hard year for a lot of people. Uh, and I'm not an exception to that. Uh, oftentimes when we, uh, things get hard, we often lose our way with God. We often uh, sort of end up wandering without any real direction and wondering sort of what, what we're supposed to do. And I'd like to say that 100% of the time when I find things hard, you know, I, I call on the Lord. I, you know, I look to Psalm 121 and say, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But I am actually human, as we all are. And the reality is, uh, I stay often a lot, little bit lost and bewildered longer than perhaps healthy. And forgetting to really look to God, forgetting to really focus on actually he's got, he's got it in hand. Actually, we don't need to be anxious. We don't need to worry about whatever is in front of us because he's got in hand. But we sort of tend to do this little, like, zigzag between, like, anxiousness and worry and faith. And, and you know, rather than just actually, God, has give it all to you. I was praying recently, and I, um, I saw a picture of a Google map. And I think I have a picture of a Google map, don't I? Is that my first picture? Look, yes, I do. I saw a picture of a Google map. There wasn't a road mapped out on it. The little car wasn't in the middle. Uh, But the map said at the bottom, recenter, which obviously I quite like around the corner. Now, the thing about a Google map, because I I tried it out in my office, I Google mapped my way home, tried it out in my office, that if you leave the little car in the middle and just push start and you travel on your way home, it never asks you to recenter. It only asks to recenter if you go off ahead of yourself. If you go off to the side, if you take it, if you move over to the side and you can't even see the road anymore, that little button at the bottom corner, it pops up and it says, recenter. Sometimes we're so busy, distracted with life off to the side, or looking back at our past going, oh, but I can't do that because of that that happened back there, or, or, head off in the clouds into the future, not, but not really thinking about which way to turn left or right to get there. We don't focus on the left or right, and the button pops up, recenter. Because this thing called life, I don't know if you've noticed, doesn't come on, you can't open the app on your phone called Life Map, and it says turn left, turn right, and it narrates your way through what the right thing, course of action, or the right thing to do. Wouldn't it be handy? Kind of boring, but handy. It would be handy to know that when we go to the left and right, we're actually going the right way. There's a song called, um, an older song called, Jesus Be the Centre. And the reality is I couldn't actually find any specific Bible verses in the Bible that said about Jesus being the centre. But uh, the concept or the knowledge that we have that the Bible, Jesus at the centre of the Bible. Uh, I, was, I was reading into it yesterday, and it's called a Christocentric principle, that Jesus is the center of the Bible. But actually, I prefer the, con, you know, the kids' Bible saying, the Bible where you know, Jesus', Jesus name is whispered through every story. Seems kind of nicer for me than Christocentric. <laughs> Sounds very um, 
intellectual, but where Jesus' name is whispered through the story. Jesus' name is whispered through every story. Uh, Jesus at the center of our Bible, which is our roadmap. So Jesus should be the center of our lives. I think often we need to click that button, recenter in our own lives and center Jesus back into the middle of our lives where he's meant to be. And we're not so busy doing all these things that are called life that we get distracted from Jesus, who is the center of our lives. I think we get, we get caught up. Oh, but look over here. It might, might be nice to go over there for a little while. It might be nice to go back. It might be nice just to imagine what the future might hold. And that's not a bad thing. Like, without, without hope, without future, without vision, we, we, we don't have anything. But actually, we need to know which way to turn left or right to get to where we believe God's calling us to go. We can't be so focused there that we don't know where we're going left and right. We don't want to hold on to our past hurts and the things that went wrong back there because back there is only a lesson. Forward is where our future is. And we need to recenter Jesus in our lives. And I just, that's the sort of the picture I saw as I was praying. But uh, it's on the same topic, but it seems off it when I just go to it right now. But um, lately I've been captivated by this concept. And when pe- a few people said to me this week, what, what are you preaching about? And, and this is what I said, and they looked at me like, what? You know, you might say, what are you preaching about? I'm preaching about repentance or I'm preaching about faith. I said, I'm preaching about want to want. I'm like, what? It's not a new statement in my life. It's not a new prayer that I, that I pray. I will explain it. For me, my, my want to want prayer is more like a, a journey like the Israelites used to take, you know. It's more of a circle, this journey, that comes back into my life every so often where where it's really magnified that that's the prayer I need to pray. I want to want. The thing about human nature is we don't always do what's right for us. We know what we need to do, but we don't do it. We could call it human nature. We could call it, you know, could be a bit more brutal and call it self-sabotage or laziness. However you frame your reason, we do it in at least one area of our lives where we know what we need to do, but we don't do it. So my regular prayer is, God, I want to want. I want to want to surrender. I want to want to pray today. I want to want to read my Bible. For the times where we're sitting on the couch and Netflix is on, and God is calling us to intimacy, but sometimes, and I'm going to be brutally honest out there, it's not that I don't want intimacy, it's that I want to watch TV and be lazy. It's not that I don't want, but you know, can anyone, can anyone relate or you should leave me alone out here on the ledge? Am I going to get fired next week? But it's not that we don't want intimacy, but it's we don't want it enough, do we? To get out of the comfort zone of our couch and Netflix and not having to do anything. So today's message is titled, Want to Want. It kind of follows on quite nicely from Ryan's message last week about pressing on. Philippians 3, I press on towards the goal, the prize of the upward call of Christ. Sometimes we don't want to press on. But the prayer could be, I want to want to press on. I have uh, four types of children in my house. I have four children in my house. So I have four types of children when it comes to doing jobs, because everybody knows every child is different. So I have mixed up the order of these children. They're not in birth order as I explain this, so you... You can't guess any of them. 
But when I ask someone to do a job or tell them, there's more kind of how we roll. When I tell them I need them to do a job, I get four different responses, typically. Child one, sure, yep, okay, fine, gets up and does it, little to no complaints, okay? Those children do exist occasionally. Child two, can't that kid over there do it? Can't Michaela, can't Xavier, can't Bailey, can't Nikita do it? I don't want to do it. Can't they do it? I did it last time. I unloaded the dishwasher three weeks ago. Why do I have to do it today? Child three, yep, sure, I'll do it when I'm finished doing this. The procrastinator, so there's one that you've got to remind. Hey, remember I asked you, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll do that when I finish this. And then you have to. I think I asked one child, it was actually the different child, not the procrastinator, about... 10 times over three days to move her socks from under the table. I was like, okay, now! <laughs> and child four, but I don't want to. Like the mother sitting folding the pile of washing is living her dreams of want right now. <laughs> so we've got the yes and no, no complaints, the can't someone else do it? I don't really want to do it, can't someone else? Sure, I'll get to that soon, so the procrastinator, and I don't want to. And I don't know about you, but I feel like that's just a little snapshot shot into my own life on a daily basis. There are things that I procrastinate. I know I need to do that, but I procrastinate doing. Like, I think my kids in my, their little scrapbooking albums, I think they're about five. And now they're between 10 and 15. So it's, a, it's something I want to do, and I don't get around to it. Or the washing, that falls into that category too. So you, it's... It's how we live our life. We, we, we procrastinate or we do something straight away because we want to or it's like more immediate. Like cooking dinner, you can't really procrastinate that for a couple of days because they want it the next day and the next day and the next day. As do you, you know, like even if you don't have kids, you still got to cook dinner every day, right? Or at least feed yourself. So we, we fall very easily into these categories also of, of, of how we sort of behave. When I first um, married Cam, it's a very distinct memory in my mind, I said to him one night, <laughs> I haven't actually told him I'm going to say this, but <laughs> now he's actually at church, so <laughs> he hasn't been here, he's been studying for so long, I haven't, uh, anyway, when I first married Cam, it's a very distinct memory in my mind, I said to him one night, hey, do you just want to, do you just want to wash the dishes? He's like, nope. <laughs> I'm like, what? He's like, I don't want to wash the dishes, but I will. So now he's never asked what he wants. <laughs> it's literally like this, 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 and this needs to be done. Which one are you going to do? You know, like two or three. So, because, uh, you know, there's lots of jobs now. Want is almost one of those throw throwaway words. I think in teacher terms it's called a sight word, is it? Is, it, is want a sight word? I'm asking the reading recovery teacher. <laughs> She's looking at me like, I think want might be a sight, sight word. Jane will probably know, but yeah, wants a sight word. So sight words are words that we don't, we don't, when you learn to read, I, not that I've ever done this because they did it. <laughs> they taught my kids to read. But, but, but the sight words are words that you don't actually read. So when you read a page of, you read words, but sight words you just know as soon as you see them. Hence the name, sight words. So want is a sight word like what, I'm, I'm just guessing here, but what, the, here, are, uh, it, the thumbs up. <laughs> I could be a new teacher, probably not. 
they're words that, they're sort of like in-between words that we don't think have a lot of intent or meaning, but they're words that, that frame a sentence, that make a, a sentence make sense. So want falls in that category where we think it doesn't necessarily have a lot of feeling or intent or meaning, but actually it does. Oh, look, something already. So I looked up in the dictionary. It's not usually a word you look up in the dictionary. To wish, to need, to crave, to demand or desire. When it comes to things, even the things that are good for us in our life, sometimes the call to press on, sometimes there's a call, uh, sometimes there's some resistance to something, and it's the call to persevere, to press on, but sometimes we just don't want to. Sometimes we just don't want to. I mean, I, think, I feel like that's probably pretty relevant at the end of the year. We're all tired. <laughs> it's been a hard year, and I don't want to do it anymore. I'm sure the teachers felt like this this week, the ones that were left in charge. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. It's been a hard week for teachers. We all know that in the health profession. Romans 7, verse 15 to 20. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do, as I'm going to get a bit tied up writing this probably. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But I know that what I am doing is wrong. This shows that I agree that the law is good. So I am not, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I do, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one who's doing wrong. It is sin living in me. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this in church, but I read that and I thought, <laughs> I'm just gonna put it out there anyway. Tom's not here, so <laughs> doesn't um doesn't Paul sound a bit like a a hormonal female? Like <laughs> because I'm a female, right? Or, you know, anyone who's sort of, I mean, <laughs> probably very um, sanctimonious, but <clears throat> I mean, it made it into the Bible because it's human nature 101, whether you agree or not. I mean, hormonal females may articulate that like exactly like that in a little ragey situation, but I have teenage girls, if you didn't know. <laughs> Quite a lot of them. But it's human nature right there, even when we don't admit it, even, even when we perceive to be the person that has it all together or, or mostly do. There are still times in our lives where we just, I don't know. I want my heart, my life, my desire to be more like David's in Psalm 27. One thing I've desired of the Lord that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire of his temple. But sometimes I just have trouble turning off Netflix. The episode finished, I'm like, I just want to know what happens next. What about Isaiah 26, verse 9? In the night I search you, in the morning I earnestly seek you. Or Psalm 42, verse 2. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Psalm 63, verse 1, you, God, are my God, earnestly I seek you. I thirst for, for you, for my whole being longs to be with you, like a dry, in a dry and parched land where there is no water. We sung, I sat down and wrote it actually, we sung just today, 
I can't get enough. I just want you. I don't know about you, but these kind of verses kind of make me think, maybe we're missing something. Maybe we haven't quite got to the depth of relationship with God that he really wants with us, that, that level of intimacy, that level of relationship. Maybe we haven't quite touched it yet, but oh, I want to. And on the days where I'm off-centred and distracted, I want to want to. I read an article this week and it resounded with me. I'll just read three lines from it. It said, I get so tired of being distracted from God. I get tired of thinking about Jesus. I get tired of not thinking about Jesus the way he desires to be thought about. I get tired of finding things more precious than Jesus. Now, we would say of our lives and our relationship with God, nothing to me is more precious than Jesus. But when we live our daily lives, we sort of prove it otherwise regularly. Something is affecting our relationship with Jesus. We look to the left, we look to the right, we look back into our past, we look forward into our future, we look everywhere, and we can't find a problem until sometimes we look in the mirror. And there it is. This was not, by any means, meant to be a condemning message. This was meant to be a, a message of hope that actually we serve a God who uh, answers prayers. And if our prayer is only, God, I want to want you more. God, I want to want to live in that intimacy with you. God, I want to want to pursue you. God, I want to want to read the word. And I want to want to learn from that word. Exodus 34, verse 14. The Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. The concept that while we're busy, distracted with everyday life, that, that God, the maker of heaven and earth, is jealous that he wants to be in relationship with us, but we've, we've put him to the side while we're busy living this life that he's given us and he's blessed us with, is something. I don't know. <laughs> we come to church on Sunday and we hear a message. We either respond or we, we make a decision from our seat to put something to action. You know, uh, I've had people say to me, oh, Tom, Tom talked about reading your Bible today. Oh. Every time, I think, every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to go home and I'm going to read my Bible more. But I don't do it. We leave on Sunday with good intentions of, of doing things differently in our relationship with God or in our life or in our relating to other people, some, something that God has talked to us about while we've been sitting in this place. But we need to let God transform us from the inside out. We need to be renewed. Because we need our intentions to become actions. Okay. I'm used to kids, so I didn't say this at the beginning, but if you don't know, I'm a kids pastor children's and families pastor, and Tom, who is the senior pastor, is out doing the kids today, so I think he's excited about that, and they're excited about that, so it's been awesome to be in church. I've had on repeat this song called Abide by Kingdom Culture. 
the words are, I want to be next to you. I want to be one with your spirit. Teach me to abide in you, to hear your voice all around me, your voice all around me, to lead and guide. If that doesn't sound like relationship, what does? To abide means to stay, to live, to remain, to keep, reside, lodge, dwell, inhabit, populate, stick, hang on to. John 15 has a lot of, uh, a, a good chunk of, of the chapter that talks about abiding in Christ, and it's got the, the sort of um, abstract concept of a tree. God is a tree and we're the branches, and we need to stay close to the tree. We need to stay close to grow, to become everything that he wants us to do, to abide in him. Verse 4 says, Abide in me and I, I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Unless we abide, unless we stay close, live, remain, reside, dwell, inhabit close to him, we can't bear fruit. We can't be everything that God is calling us to be. That's in ourselves, but that's for other people too. We can't be everything that God wants us to be in our workplace in our marriages, as parents, as community, people in the community. We can't be everything that we're supposed to be, bearing fruit with with them for other people, unless we abide in him, which is to stay close, to inhabit, inhabit, lodge, stick close to him. And 1 John 2 verse 6 clearly tells us when we abide in him, it changes us to become more like him. He who says he abides in me ought himself also to walk just the way that he walks. Nearly my daily prayer also is, and if I've ever prayed for you in any situation, this is probably what I'll pray, not because I lack creativity, but because there's nothing else we could really ask for, is that I would be led and guided by him. So if I pray for you, I, I would pray that God would lead you and guide you, because you know what? I don't know where you're supposed to go, but he does. I don't know where I'm supposed to go, (laughs) but he does. And if we could live lives led and guided by him, imagine if we went into our workplace daily led and guided by him. Imagine if we approached relationships led and guided by him. Imagine if we, we went into our study led and guided by him, into our parenting led and guided by him, into our friendships. Imagine if we commented and posted on social media, led and guided by him. Wouldn't the world be a better place? (laughs) He wants to lead us. Imagine being so in tune with his voice that we hear him like you hear the Google Maps in 500 metres, turn your left. And then I go, because I'm not good with my left and right. So when somebody, oh, I had a kid in the car going, oh, it's just left up here, and I'm like, looking at my hands to make sure I turn the right way because it's embarrassing. I mean, it's embarrassing enough with adults. It's pretty embarrassing with children. Uh, this week I've had, a, I've had an interesting week because I, uh, for one period of, of school this week, I became the year nine Christian studies teacher because, you know, uh, school's lost a few teachers with the, with the mandate and uh, would you like to teach Christian studies? And I was like, yeah, of course. Internally going, not really. <laughs> Teenagers aren't really my, you know, I want to want to help you, <laughs> but really? <laughs> so anyway, I went into this year nine class. My, my year nine daughter was over the moon. She, she really wasn't. She like literally was like, oh my gosh, really? And I went into this class, God, lead me and guide me, please. 
And I talked about, I talked about intimacy. No, I didn't. I didn't talk about intimacy. That's what I'm talking about today. Don't know what I did. I talked about insecurity. Who asked? We talked about Marvel superheroes. I got them to write up their favorite Marvel superheroes and what their, what their superpowers were and whether they would be insecure about their superpowers. And then we talked about a few people in the Bible that, you know, we, we often teach, and I said this, I said, if you've been in Sunday school for any amount of time, you will have heard, you know, David and Goliath and Noah's Ark. And we teach these, these stories in kids' church uh, about the heroes of the Bible, but we very seldom... <laughs> Talk about, we talk about Moses parting the Red Sea, but we don't say how many times Moses is like, but no, God, I can't do that. We don't talk about his journey of insecurity to really be used by God. We just, we just highlight the heroes, and we, we let them all believe that everyone in the Bible is perfect, but actually, phew, we're in good company if we're insecure or failing or sinning in any way. But uh, the reason I share this with you for it is just mainly for a little bit of a laugh is because I said to this, so I was talking about the people in the Bible about Gideon and all the, all the type, the people that doubted, the people that were insecure, and uh, and then I went on to David and talked about how he how he sinned a bit, but I like he pretty much did like lots of bad things. Of course, I'm talking to you nine, so you don't really want to go into exactly what he did, if you know. Um, if I was like like what did he kill someone? I'm like you yeah, pretty much you name it and he did it. And you know what they said? What about cyberbullying? <laughs> Straight away. Okay, so he didn't do that. <laughs> They're quick. You've got to be led and guided by, by God in those classes, right, Julian? <laughs> it's like anything of the time that you could have done wrong, that's what he did, you know? So. This week, I've, um, and uh, this is kind of what God does before you, oh, well, probably before anything big in your life, but before you, before you preach, God often like just, the pot a little bit makes you like live out what you're about to preach like right in that moment so this week I've found quite hard I've been pretty tired it's it's been dance show week and anyone who's got a dancing child will know what that actually means it means rehearsals every day for like 10 or 14 days I've got two kids that are doing it so it's different drop-off times different pickup times it's so confusing they've got to be at the theater full face of makeup hair done at 3:45, and they only finished school at 3 10 and the kid who was going to do the makeup's got a broken finger and she's got a cast and so she couldn't do the makeup. You know, and I was like, you know? Shout out to all the Elam and Richmond View kids in that show. I saw it last night. There's a number of them, probably six to ten, and uh, it was a great show. Anyway, so I've been a little bit, like, stressed and, you know, tired and over it. The previous capable child who usually helps quite a lot in the, in the cast so she can't even do her own hair or cut up her orange for a lunchbox. So I'm back to like helping the previous capable child who used to help other people and helping her. Uh, and so I've been a little bit like tired, a bit stressed. And that's what, that's what often happens. So, you know, you get to the end of the day and I sit on the couch. What's my program? I have, I, have, I have rules around my viewing of TV because I'm not very good at turning it off. So I only watch it on certain days, but this week I'm like, I just want to watch my program. <laughs> I'm tired, God. I just want to sit on the couch. I want to watch, but I want to do nothing, really. And that's kind of uh, how it works. But equally, as I've been uh, processing this message, I've been uh, really stirred and actually um, a little bit emotional um, just about what I felt like uh, God was trying to say. 
uh, emotional about a God who beckons us, who desires to have relationship with us, and we choose something else. Uh, Whether it be busyness, whether it be comfort, whether it be fear, he beckons us and I want to beckon him too. And on days that I don't want to, I want to want to. John 17 verse 3 says, And this is eternal life, that people would know you, the one true God, and that they would know Jesus Christ, the one he sent to you. That people would know you, not just know about you. If he just wanted people to know about God, he would have said that, but he wants us to know him. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great unsearchable things that you do not know. I want to know those things. And on days I don't, I want to want to. As I was preparing this message yesterday, I felt really strongly that um, there was a, some people, a group of people, maybe a number of people, that fall more into the fear category. You actually don't know how to even start entering into this type of relationship that I'm talking about. Maybe you've grown up in church. Maybe you've never made a decision for Jesus. Maybe you've been here a really long time and you thought that saying grace at dinner and a few bedtime prayers with your kids was, was it. Reading the Bible occasionally and going to church. So maybe it's fear. It could also be a little bit of embarrassment. I've been here for a long time. How can I not know? But you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And I... I really believe that God is calling you to take a step today to say, actually, I no longer want to just sit in church and go home unchanged. I want to know you. I want to walk in relationship with you. I want to be led and guided by you every day. I want to hear your voice and know which way to turn. And on the days that I don't, think I want to, I want to want to. I believe if this quote is true for you, I never know how much I miss the Lord until I'm actually with him. Sometimes when you do get there, like, you know, you've, you've resisted it and you've fought it and you've, oh, yeah, yeah, and you turn, on, turn off the TV or you put down the book or you do something and you enter into, I mean, like, obviously God is always there, right? And God is talking to us all the time. But when you really enter into a committed time with God, uh, that's when you go, oh, what have I been missing all day? Why did it take me so long? You never knew how much you missed the Lord until you came and spent time with him. And that's the amazing thing about God and about his grace. Here's a challenging statement to finish off from you guys. Do you want more from God? or more of God? Am I praying at any given time because praying produces intimacy with him? Or am I praying because I need things? I need to pray about things. I need him to answer some prayers. I need some things. The place to start tonight, today, if you know this is what you need in your life, is just a prayer, God, I want to want. But I want you to know, as time goes on, it's not enough just to want to want. It does need to become action. Spiritual disciplines are the tools that lift our eyes from our circumstances and desires and focus our hearts on God's presence. 
have a plan in place. Hey, this is the time that I spend with the Lord. Romans 12, verse 11 to 12. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction and persistent in prayer. Right now, I just want to start or end, actually. If you need to pray that prayer, God, I want to want you more. I want to want that intimacy. I want that relationship with you. You know, as soon as we enter God's presence, there's life, there's freedom, there's healing, there's grace, there's love, there's peace, there's forgiveness. There's every good and perfect gift that comes from God. But most of all, there's Him. Most of all, He's calling us into an intimate relationship with Him. The maker of heaven and earth wants to be in an intimate relationship with you. And you can come to him weary, burdened, 